Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Uh, and our guest today is the first person that has brought me coffee for recording. So she's already uh, my favorite guest I've had so far. But uh, it's hard for me. It would be hard for me to overstate how incredible I think this person is. So I'd like to thank her mom, Lori Katina, for joining us today. I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks, Josh. I'm excited to be here, but... I'm a little on the nervous yeah, side. You Never me, done this before. <laughs> you told me you were nervous, and I, I just told you it's just me and you, Mom, so nothing to be scared about. I, just to start off, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself to the listeners. Some of them may know you, and some of them may not, but just share a little bit about yourself. Well, I am Lori Katina. I am married to Joe Katina. And I'm the mother of Joshua Katina and Eli Katina. And it's been a privilege and an honor to be their mom and to see the men that they've grown up to be. And it's just an exciting time. So thanks for having me. Thank you, Mom. Yeah, my mom is uh, obviously my mom's very important to me. And uh i hope that today in our conversation we can talk a, a little bit more about you I, I think it's funny the way you introduce yourself is i'm married to joe i'm mother to josh and eli and and that's that really is a testament to who you are as you're someone who you put others before you but um i'd love to talk to you a little bit about yourself today mom so um you've heard some of the episodes before and you know that uh, for my guests, I, I have three questions for them, and uh, I've not told you the questions I'm going to ask you. So my and that mom makes has me really nervous. Yeah. So my mom has no idea what I'm going to ask her. Uh, won't be too tough today, but okay. Um, not pass fail. Yeah. Just, okay. <laughs> whatever whatever comes out comes out. So okay. The first two questions are things that questions that really are more interesting to me, and then the third question is more about you, and we'll get to that later but for the first question are you ready i'm as ready as i'm gonna be okay mom so you're married to a musician yes so you've been to a lot of concerts in your life yes my question for you is can you remember and what is the first concert you ever went to yes i can remember i went to a dolly pardon and Porter Wagner concert in Seattle, Washington. And I think George Jones was the guest. Dolly Parton and who? Porter Wagner was his I name. I have no idea who that is. Well, they're country music singers, like not current country now. I don't know what you'd call that, but like country music mm-hmm. people. Um, my mom and dad loved country music, and my mom was a big Dolly Parton fan, and so it was a big deal that we were able to go to, up by the Space Needle, there's a, up in Seattle, I, th- 
I don't remember what the name of it was called, but it was a big deal that as a little kid, I got to go see my mom's hero, who was Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. and her sidekick was Porter Wagner. So Dolly Parton is still living, but I don't think Porter Wagner is. And then George Jones was a guest along with the opening act for them. So How old would you have been at this concert? Um, I'd say maybe nine. So the whole family went? It was my mom and dad and I, I don't think my brothers went. I think it was just us. I, yeah, I think it was just the three of us went. Wow. Some of my mom's sisters may have went too. So that must have been, a, would that have been like a special occasion for you to get to go to a concert with your parents? Oh yeah, it was, yeah, it was super special because we lived, I lived in Olympia, which was an hour south of Seattle, but that was really kind of considered the country because it wasn't a big city, even though it's the state capital, it's, it's not a big city like Seattle. So yeah, it was a big deal to go. Yeah. I think that's funny. So, so you, like you said, you grew up in Olympia, Washington. Mm -hmm. Your first concert was a Dolly Parton show. Mm -hmm. Who's a Tennessee, one of the greatest Tennesseans of all time, probably. And somehow you ended up in Tennessee, uh, years and years later. Mm -hmm. I would like to ask you, so this Mm -hmm. isn't your second question, but Maybe share with some the listeners, as someone who grew up in Washington State, how did you end up in Tennessee? Because you've been here, how long, how long have you lived in Tennessee now? Lived here, <clears throat> we've been here 28 years, it'll be 28 years next month so, that we moved here. So 28 years ago, someone had to make a decision to come to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Well, your dad and I, um, we had been dating, I met your dad, he lived in Tacoma, Washington, and I actually met him at one of his concerts. I knew nothing about who he was, what I was going to, but um, anyway, so we dated for four and a half years, and at about year three and a half or four, there was talk of the Katinas moving to Nashville, and I knew nothing about Nashville. I just thought of it just being country, and I thought of it being farmland and John Deere tractors is what I came to my mind. And I told your dad, I said, I'm not moving to Nashville, Tennessee. I'm not going to leave everything that's familiar to me as your girlfriend, but I will go as your wife. And so fast forward, we got married and six weeks later moved here. Um, yeah, six weeks after we got married, we moved here and we've been here ever since. Didn't know how long we were going to be here. Thought it was maybe a five-year thing. But, I mean, I lived 28 years in Washington State in the same home that I, my parents brought me home from the hospital in. So it was a big move for me yeah. to go to Tennessee, and I had no clue where I was going. Yeah. So I know that story, obviously, because you told me that just growing up I mm-hmm. that probably came up a few times and I think I never I never really grasped how bold of a move that was for you for you specifically until mm. Alexis moved up here mm. and obviously her move was from so she's from Atlanta Georgia she moved here so it wasn't a cross-country move like mm-hmm. yours was but I remember when Alexis told me that she was going to move to to Nashville and we were not we weren't even engaged at that point. Mm-hmm. 
I really realized, wow, that is a brave thing for Alexis to do. And then I thought about you. Mm-hmm. As So how old would you have been when you made that move? Like 28 I years old? I was 28, old? yeah. I mean, that's a lot of boldness that you did to move with dad and his brothers. Mm-hmm. And I think Auntie Kathy was with you guys at yep. that time, too. Yep. And uh, a lot of bravery on your part. So. And it ended up being... Now you have children who mm-hmm. Tennessee is my home. I call mm-hmm. myself a Tennessean, mm-hmm. and um, so it was a, the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, I I often think about uh, people who. So I grew up in Franklin. I, I was born in Nashville. We moved to Franklin when I was maybe five or six years old. Mm-hmm. I went off to college for mm-hmm. um, a little over four years, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and but then I moved back here and. I think when I was, uh, probably when I was in high school, if you had asked me what I was going to do, I think I thought I was going to move far away. Yep. You wanted to travel the world. Yeah. And I still do, but it's, it's one of those things that like home is, I have roots here Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what the future holds, but Mm -hmm. if I ever do leave Franklin, it will be a hard move for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I really commend you for taking that leap of faith you moved across country you guys were in vans i'm guessing just driving yep. across we had a van and a car a bunch of young people with mm-hmm. really not much of a plan nope Mm-mm. and it's funny because i think people who know you would probably say you're not a huge risk taker would you agree with that totally because today is a risk for me <laughs> so just coming to record a podcast is risky for you yes. but somehow you found it within yourself to hop in a van mm-hmm. and move across country to a mm-hmm. place you never lived before mm-hmm. yep i well first of all dad was joe but dad was my best friend and i i couldn't imagine life without him and then him being my husband um I was excited to to adventure out with him. And I remember him saying, I don't know how we're going to pay for things. Neither one of us had jobs. They, they moved here just a step of faith because of music. And, you know, I said, I would live in a tent with you. Wherever you go, I'll go. And having his brothers that were like my very own brothers, and then, of course, Auntie Kathy, my sister-in-law, <clears throat> I felt like I was moving with family, but yes, it was, it was hard to leave, um, my roots and where I was born and raised, but it was also exciting to do that. And I mean, thank you for saying that that was brave. I just figured that that was, that's just what you do. You know, when you're with, when you're with your husband, wherever he goes, you go and it, it, it all turned out great. Yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely was brave mom. Awesome. So that's a cool story. Um, I guess we'll move on to question number two here. Okay. So uh, as the listeners probably know by now, I am getting married in uh, August of this year. Mm-hmm. And you have been a huge help with me and Alexis for planning our wedding and mm-hmm. just getting ready for that transition. Um, but I'd like to go back to your wedding day, Mom. Okay. If you can think back to that. So I'm you're that was 28 years ago i guess right 28 years ago March. so think back 28 years ago to your wedding day Uh uh-huh 
what's a, some, a memory that has stuck with you from your wedding day? It's like maybe your favorite thing that happened on that day. The favorite thing that happened. Um, I think there were so many great things. I loved my wedding day. I, I embraced every moment of it. Um, I think one of the funnest times was I was nervous and afraid that nobody would show up because it was spring break time and I was getting people calling and saying, hey, we're not going to be able to make it. And I thought, man, all this planning and nobody's going to be here. And I, I came down the stairs to get ready to go down the main aisle and I was hanging on to my dad's arm and the doors opened up and the place was full. And my dad says, it's showtime. And I looked at him and said, do we have enough chicken? <laughs> so that's kind of a, a memory. But I think my dad saying it's showtime and then seeing all those faces and all those people turned around. And I'm like, oh my gosh, people arrived. And there was 450 people at our wedding. Wow. So we didn't fall short and we had enough chicken. That is 450. <laughs> so Alexis and I's wedding, we have a cap at 150. Mm -hmm. So 450 is huge. It, and yeah. Was so were all the people at your wedding like let me ask you this. Did you know everyone who came to your wedding? No, I did not know everybody. Um but they all knew who we were. There was a lot of family that came from far away from dad's side of the family that we didn't expect to come. Mm -hmm. um, in the pictures, there are, quote, aunties <laughs> with corsages on that I have no clue who they are, and I don't know where they got their flower. Yeah. But yes, there was a lot of unfamiliar faces. That has it. So you have been dating dad for like, you have been together with dad for how long? Four and a half years we did. Four and a half years. So obviously you had figured out that dad was Samoan at that yes. point. Uh -huh. I feel like maybe the wedding was really like a, a big introduction into Samoan culture for you. Yep. I it think was. That, that I can totally see like uh, just aunties and uncles and cousins that maybe you had never met before and never heard dad talk of before yeah. coming coming to your wedding and that's one of the great parts about being Samoan is that you have extended family yeah your family yeah uh, you have family everywhere yeah. and um but I'm sure that was probably a shocking thing for you to experience at first it still sometimes surprises me when I, mm -hmm. whenever I'll be traveling with dad and I'll meet people that are my cousins or my uncles and, mm -hmm. and, um, but I'll ask you this was, was that culturally, was there like an adjustment that you had to make dating us, uh, and eventually marrying a Samoan man or obviously there was an adjustment, but I'll mm -hmm. ask, was that adjustment hard or was it easy or, you know, it was easy because I didn't, I didn't know anything about the Samoan culture other than I knew they were Polynesian. And um, I went, one, one of the first memories that I have of going to meet the family was we were going to Auntie Talongo's house. And I get there and there's all these Samoan women and men and food everywhere. And one thing, one thing culturally that dad said to me was, 
You have to eat everything that's on your plate, and you have to take a little bit of everything. And I'm guessing you were the only white person. I was the only white person in the house. So I walk in, and I'm surrounded by all these people, and people were very welcoming and very loving and kind and stuff, you know, and here, have a plate, go ahead. And and I look, and there's like the whole fish laying there, and I'm like, what part of the fish do I take, and do I have to eat the whole thing? And so anyways, all the guys went to watch some football game or a bowl game or something was on, and all the women were sitting in another room, sitting on the ground, cross-legged and all of them were speaking Samoan Mm. and they were laughing and cutting up and I was just trying to be proper and didn't have a clue where your dad went and all of a sudden I hear them all laughing and talking and saying Palangi (laughs) well Palangi means white person Mm -hmm. so I'm like oh great they are talking about me and so anyways long story short they were super friendly. I think they probably were laughing at me because I didn't know what the food was or what I was eating. But I got in the car and I ripped your dad a big one. Mm. And I just said, don't you ever leave me amongst a bunch of people that's speaking a different language <laughs> than me. But at the end of the day, very loving, very kind. I always felt like family, always felt welcomed. Um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think uh, so that another brave thing that you did i can uh, i can sort of relate because i also don't speak samoan even though mm-hmm. my dad's samoan and uh that's something that maybe i've i've probably uh insecure about at some level just um because i have family that do speak it and whenever we i've gone to samoa you know they speak the language there mm-hmm. and i don't and that's something that i've had to learn to live with and but you mom so as being introduced to that culture not knowing anything about it and now 28 years later i think you've really embraced it Mm -hmm. and you know growing up as with with or mothering two boys myself and my brother you have um really allowed us to explore that part of our identity Mm -hmm. and what also you have and maybe this is another risk that you've taken is that you have samoan tribal art tattooed on your body I do. Is that something that you think you would have ever done 28 years ago? Oh, no, 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 no. Never would have, but knew that I wanted to when the time came. I had I had second-guessed myself at first, and I almost backed out. And Dad looked at me and said, this is your chance. And I thought, you know what? You're right. I need to do this. Yeah. So I did it. Well, you did do it, Mom. So I have a tough mom. She's a cool mom. Uh, yeah, I think I'm trying to get help, help you realize that you need to give yourself more credit here than maybe you, you do. Josh. But um, So that's awesome. So your wedding day, 450 people showed mm-hmm. up, and you thought not enough people were going to come. That's, that's a good story. Well, so we'll move on to our third question, Mom, and... This question is really what the podcast is all about, and it's an open-ended question, so you can answer it however you want to, and it's simply this. What's going on at home? Well, laundry, still. (laughs) Um, No, I'm kidding, kind of. Um, What is going on at home? Home looks a little bit different right now, but again, it's good. Um with Eli getting married last October and 
and now you being on your own and getting ready to get married, you know, it's the empty nester and the family dog passed away, good old Dash. Mm. I still get teary-eyed about him, passed away two years ago. Um, so it's just dad and I. And, you know, there's, there's, there's adjustments. Sometimes I find myself thinking, what do I need to be doing right now? Because my life for so many years was on this schedule. Um, making sure that you guys were taken care of and at your sporting events or, you know, from high school and and then off to college and making sure everything was taken care of with that. But now it's just your dad and I, and we kind of feel like honeymooners yeah. in a way, you know, kind of like we did when we first moved here 28 years. It's just him and I, and we can go out to dinner when we want to go out to dinner. We don't have to call and say, hey, what are you guys doing? Um we, we, yeah, we're just adjusting to just being the two of us, but it's been good, but it's been an adjustment, but it's good. And again, like I say, change is good. Mm. It's not always easy, but it's good if you embrace it. Yeah. So I've been able to kind of watch from afar as you and dad transition into kind of a new chapter in life. And, um, I'd like to ask you for, uh, a mother of two boys who are now out of the house one's married and one's about to get married mm -hmm. what's something that you find yourself worrying about when it comes to Eli and I if you worry at all yeah there's there's times that I do worry but it's are my kids gonna be able to make it in the world as it is now with the challenges that we face um, economically, um, you know, financially, you're both doing great and independent, but there's so many things that have changed from when your dad and I started out 28 years ago. Sometimes my heart is sad that you guys have to start out in the craziness of this world right now, but you both are doing great. You're both handling it. I guess what you don't know won't hurt you. Mm. You know, sometimes I think what I knew my, from my past to what is the present, it's like, man, some of the, how does, how does, how's this all going to work out? But it just does work out. So I think, I think it would be that just, and not, not that I don't trust that you can't make it, but it's the craziness of our economy and just the world right yeah. now. So what would you say is the biggest difference from me and Eli being 20 somethings today in 2021 compared to what life was like when you were in your twenties? Like what's the biggest difference? Oh, life was so much simpler hmm. back then. Um, you know, and, and you hear a lot of people saying social media, but I don't think it's necessarily social media. It's just technology. You know, I never owned a cell phone until you were born. So that was in 1996. I got a cell phone that was the size of a shoe. And I had it just for emergency purposes because we lived 20 minutes, 20 or 30 minutes from everybody else's when dad and I bought our first house. And I wanted something just in the event if, you know, I needed something because I had a child in the back seat. But, um, yeah, technology everything's a faster pace um 
we're right now everything's instantaneous you know everything's real time and it wasn't back then so i i felt like life was simpler yeah i you're probably right i think technology i i think it's it's something that i'll never be able to understand of about growing up and coming up in a world where you know technology was not really accessible to the average person Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's everywhere everywhere when you're an adult and like i think about the pros and cons of technology so we're actually sitting in my living room right now Mm -hmm. we have two microphones i'm able to run a recording program on my computer just sitting Mm -hmm. here on my desk 30 40 years ago if we wanted to do this we would have had to go to a studio Mm -hmm. and uh, buy studio time and get an engineer and mm-hmm. get a producer and everything and so I think there are pros to technology when yeah. it comes to we're able to do this right now and yeah. um, but I can totally see like it must be so strange to now you're a, a, a an empty nester and mm-hmm. you live in this world where you know in your pocket you have a GPS yeah. a, a phone a computer, a calculator, mm-hmm. you have apps that mm-hmm. you can find out anything you want to in the world. And But 30 years ago, that's Mm-mm. that would have been, you would have said, that sounds like wizardry to me. Oh, and 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 in a way, when you were saying that, I thought, well, there it does bring comfort knowing that you and Eli, you do have access to that at your fingertips. So if you're traveling, you don't have to get a paper map and figure out where you're going you just punch it in and and she tells you where to go you know so there are the benefits of that the other night i was driving with uh jackson and his fiance leah and alexis was in the car with me and we were so we were driving from murfreesboro back to franklin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we actually said can you guys believe that our parents used to use maps to get around like because just from Murfreesboro to Franklin it's probably a 45 yeah. 30 minute drive yeah I don't know if we could make it without our cell phones but somehow you guys lived without that well I think because we've learned at least myself I've learned to do landmarks hmm. I, I look at I look at where you know you turn right at the McDonald's and you turn left at you know the shell station or whatever. I think your generation is just so used to just plugging it in and listening to a voice. Yeah. I think I I think that um you know obviously there's always tension between from generation to generation and mm-hmm. everyone thinks that their generation knows things better than the one before them and mm-hmm. vice versa. I think that in our particular case a lot of the a lot of the tension when it comes to a lot of the tension between our generations comes to comes from technology itself in that uh, I can totally see how technology has changed so much of our everyday lives and the way I go about my everyday life day-to-day things is completely different than you did when you were 20 something mm-hmm. and I, I would like to ask you what do you think for our generation my generation, I should say, what's something that we could probably never be able to understand just because we didn't live through life when you were in your 20s? Something that you wouldn't be able to understand? Okay, reword that for me. Like, 
just uh, maybe I should say it like this: the way that you see life and the way you see, you know, how you treat people or how you deal with money and how you go about your life. Mm-hmm. What is something that maybe you value as someone who was born? I won't say your age, but years and years ago. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> What's something that 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 you value in your life that maybe we don't value? Maybe you don't think that we value as young people today. Um, I this sounds really elementary, but I value the good old fashioned paper and pencil to be able to write things down, to dump things out of your head onto a piece of paper, to make a grocery list, to balance your checkbook via a check registry. Now I know I'm probably really dating myself because nowadays y'all, I don't even know if you know how to write a check. I think you do, but. The only time I write checks is for my car payment (laughs) once a month. And I've never balanced a checkbook in my life. Oh gosh, I balance my checkbook all the time. Um, but again, it's, it's the adding the, the, the paper and pencil, the adding of it all. And I do write checks for a few things, not many. I'm learning to transfer over to technology Mm. and to do things online. Um, Venmo, I've learned how to do Venmo too. Um, thanks to my kids who teach me. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to think about that question a little more. No, I get that. I think... Again, that was, the simple things, the basic yeah, things. I think the simple things that, uh, yeah, the simple things are kind of dying out. And Well, I think about even a job interview. Mm. You know, I had to fill out paper and pencil a job application, take it to the store or wherever I was going to apply, have an interview with a person face-to-face, whereas nowadays... You know, your generation, if you're going to apply for a job, like when you were looking for a job, you were still living at home. And I'd say, well, are you going to go apply for a job? I have, Mom. Well, you haven't left the house. No, I've done it online. Mm. That's so foreign to me. Yeah. I mean, those are some things. Yeah, I think it's... So part of this is also because of the pandemic. But so I... I've been working at, at the job that I'm at now for well over a year. Um, and I haven't seen face to face any of my coworkers for over a year now. I can't imagine. I I just can't wrap my brain around that one. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because of the pandemic, but we're able to still function as a company and still function as employees Mm -hmm. because of technology. And I don't think that's going away. I think that's probably going to become the norm now. Mm -hmm. Um, -hmm. but yeah, interesting, interesting thoughts. Uh, I would like to transition to... Uh, marriage. You've been mm-hmm. a married woman now for 28 years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be married in a few months. Mm-hmm. And I would like to ask you, what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for me uh, when I get married or biggest adjustment that I have to make that maybe I'm not expecting or not thinking of right now? What do you think that would be? For you? Yeah. You want this to go on air? I want the honest. I want the honest answer, Mom. You can't hurt my feelings. Oh, well, you know, right now you living on your own, you're able to do whatever you want to do. But I would think 
as a wife, I would want my husband to pick up after himself and do the dishes and help clean up and stuff like that. So I would think that could possibly be an adjustment for you because you're, you know, the bachelor, you can do what you want to do. And, um, yeah, I would think that could, but I know you'll step up. I know you'll do it. I know you're, you'll clean your car out and (laughs) I think, I think you're probably right. I do think, yeah, I'm not, I try and be as clean as I can, but like you said, living on my own, it's like, if I'm okay with it, then it, then it's whatever. But when I move in with Alexis, eventually it's not just what I'm okay with, but also Mm -hmm. what she's okay with. So I, Mm -hmm. I think that will be an adjustment for me. Hopefully it'll be a relatively easy adjustment to make. Yeah. And I think it's, it's just a matter of a respect for you to her and her to you, you know, just, but even after 28 years, I mean, your dad the other day said, can you just do me a favor? Can you just put your dirty clothes that were in the bathroom, just put them in the laundry? Yeah. I, I think maybe it's, I think it's interesting because in you and dad's relationship, you're very clean and and well put together, but Mm -hmm. dad, he takes it to another (laughs) level. I mean, he grew up with a military Military. father, so dad is, Mm -hmm. he would be what I would call a clean freak and not tried, not in an offensive way. He just is very, uh, cleanliness and, and things like that are high priority. He feels more relaxed when things are in order. Yeah. And that's something that I think of that I know that that's important to him. So I do my best to try to keep things orderly. Yeah. Well, if you can make it with dad, then I feel like I can make it with Alexis. So um, I think so now. So you grew up with brothers. Yes. You had three brothers. Mm -hmm. Then you got married Mm -hmm. and you had two sons. Mm -hmm. So you've lived most of your life surrounded with testosterone and the dog was male and even dash Dash, was a was a guy so yeah how has um how has it been adjusting to now having amelia as your daughter-in-law and having alexis around more who she'll be part of the family Mm -hmm. here in a few months how has that adjustment been for you having more uh female energy around (laughs) more estrogen yeah um, oh, it's been great. It's it's been really really special. I, you know, I've always prayed that I would have a good relationship with my daughter-in-laws, and God has really answered my prayer. I couldn't have asked for two better girls to come into our family. They bring they bring um, some order at the dinner table when there can be chaos when. You know, when you get men talking and passionate about something, you know, at times I I would just kind of sit and listen and feel not really a part. But, you know, now having Alexis and Amelia around, even if it's just eye contact or a smile or just knowing that there's that there's a somebody there that gets you, mm-hmm. that understands what you're thinking as a woman. So... No, it's been great. Um, we've we created this, or I created this time. At, we call it Girls Weekend now, and that's been a really special time. And it's just the three of us. They come to the house, and I somewhat the first year I prepared everything. Everything was kind of a surprise for him, you know, and um, just activities or gift baskets or um, dinner or whatever. And so then this last year when we did it, you know, we kind of 
I loved when Alexa said, let's just be organic about it, <laughs> which that was a new term to me, probably something that your generation says. You know, I think of fruits and vegetables when I hear organic, but anyways, it was really cool. So we, we do that weekend every weekend, every winter around November or so. And that's just a sweet time to, to just do girl things, you know, watch Hallmark movies and paint fingernails. And I never got to do that with you guys. Yeah. So it's an adjustment for me because I've only had to take care of myself, but now to switch gears to get girl things, that's been an adjustment. Yeah, I think for me, one thing that I've realized, and because for me, there's been, I've never had more than one woman in the house or at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. So now that Amelia and Alexis are are around, Mm -hmm. um, it's been an adjustment for me. Obviously, I've loved having girls around the house now. but one thing I think about, specifically when you talked about the dinner table, I think about growing up, all of those years for me and Eli, the conversations that we had at the dinner table were often about things like sports, sp- yeah, sports <laughs> and, and the Lakers, sports, yeah, the Lakers and the Steelers and yeah. whatever, it, whatever was uh, the hot topic at that time. And now I think uh, when we are having dinner, family dinner, and Amelia and Alexis are there, I realize, wow. What else do I have to talk about mm-hmm. besides the Lakers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, but you know, I think about you growing up. Maybe you didn't have you didn't have a lot to say about the Lakers or whatever, but you somehow put up with that. So I commend you for doing oh. that. And I'm glad now that we have some women for you to talk about whatever it is women yep. like to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that you know. For, for a woman in today's world, there's a lot of, um, just like how you said, the world changes a lot and there's new challenges for, for women today. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, for you, mom, for, as a woman, uh, someone who's well established, established herself now and has children and is happily married, mm-hmm. w- would you say... I would like to ask you, how do you think, what is, what's a challenge maybe that you faced being a woman, uh, a young mother at once, a newlywed, and then having teenage boys and whatever it may be? What's a challenge as a woman that you faced um, that you think maybe men wouldn't understand? That men wouldn't understand? Yeah, something that maybe I never considered. Am I doing enough and am I doing the right thing? In what way? It's so funny because I still feel like I'm, at times I feel like I'm still a little girl, you know? So I, a lot of times I'm like, am I doing this right? You know, and then I look back at where I've come from and where I'm at today, I've realized I've, I've done pretty well. I mean, I've, 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 um, Yes, we all make mistakes, but nothing huge um, have I done. Uh, but yeah, I would, yeah. Am I doing enough? Yeah, Am I, I think, doing enough? Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, our society today, has, I think, has become more conscious and more aware of um, just the dynamics between men and women and, you know, specifically women in, 
in leadership roles. Uh, I know that, you know, whatever side of the political conversation you fall on, mm-hmm. we, th- it is something to be noted that there's a woman as the vice president of the United States now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have been uh, something that would have happened back in the 70s or 80s or whatever. Right. And so I think that maybe our society's perception of women ha- is changing now. Mm-hmm. Um do you feel like do you feel like there's there's um things about women that you know society may say or have expectations for that maybe you think are unfair or um unrealistic or just ignorant at all Okay Keep going on that. Keep talking to me about that because I had to wrap my brain. Oops, sorry, that was the chair. Um, uh, what I'm really trying to ask is, mm-hmm. as as society, as we're starting to to see more and more women become mm-hmm. be put in leadership positions. Okay. Um, do you feel like do you feel like there's things that about women and um, I'm talking on like a societal level, like the way that that's women are perceived and the expectations that we have for women. Do you think that there's anything unfair about our expectations? And your answer can be no, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I was trying to make it a more difficult, but no, no, I don't think so. Well, I think that's a good thing that you feel that way. I, uh, you know, as a young man who, you know, obviously, um, I'm trying to, you know, think about, I find myself thinking about, well, what is it about, is there anything that I do or any way that I perceive women that maybe isn't unfair or is ignorant? And so it's good for me to hear from you to to know that you think. I mean, I feel, I feel respected. Yeah. Um, now I'm not working out in corporate America, you know, as a hairdresser, I'm my own boss. I answer to myself. I do. I set my own schedule, and but you know, I. Yeah. So I'll ask you this: You mentioned that you're a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing that? <laughs> a long time. I, I, you know, I should have this number. Maybe thirty-six, thirty-seven years. Is that is being a hairdresser was that like a childhood dream of yours or is that just something you kind of stumbled upon or <laughs> oh, there's a funny story to this but uh well actually my best friend's mom my best friend tina she was my childhood friend still is a great friend of mine um, her mom was a hairdresser and she did hair out of her kitchen and she would have apple pies or blackberry pies cooking in the oven and she'd be doing people's hair and I thought, wow, I want to do that when I grow up. I want to be able to be at home and be, you know, Susie Homemaker for my kids, but also be able to do something that helps provide for my family. So my friend Tina, her mom, Lori of all things is her name, she was my inspiration. And then when I was in high school, you know, it's interesting because when I was in high school, there wasn't a huge emphasis on going to college mm-hmm. like there is now yeah. and and I don't know if that's just because of where we live compared to where I grew up but I uh I 
I knew that I wanted to go to cosmetology school because I knew that if I went to college, it would be a big waste of money because I was too social and I was not a good student. Um, I could do the work, but it was just kind of irrelevant to me. And so anyways, when I had to take the, I think we had to take the SATs up in Washington and the counselor called me in and she said, this was my senior year, you know, I don't know, six weeks before graduation. And she opens up my results from my test and says, so what's your plan for after high school? And I said, well, I'm going to cosmetology school. And she took the binder and shut it. And she said, that's a great fit. <laughs> so I don't think I scored too high. I don't know what my score was. Um, but again, you know, it's not all about the book knowledge and everything. There's a lot in life. I think that is learned by just doing life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, obviously, I feel like I've been successful as as a homemaker, a home executive, I guess I could say, yeah. you know, because I've been able to uh, keep our boat afloat and make sure that everything's taken care of and, and still do hair on the side. Yeah, I, I think about, so what, I'm gonna butcher this quote, but there's an old Albert Einstein quote that and he says everyone's a genius mm-hmm. but you can't ask a fish to climb a tree <laughs> that's not exactly how it goes but it's what the yeah. sentiment behind it is that you know if you ask a monkey to climb a tree is you're gonna say oh that monkey's a genius at climbing yeah. trees yeah. but if you ask a fish mm-hmm. they're gonna you're mm-hmm. they're gonna you're gonna say wow how dumb is that fish but yeah. if you ask a fish to swim Compared to a monkey, it will be vice versa. And I think that you have really found the thing that, um, obviously, you're good at it. You're skilled at it. Uh, There's a lot, I will say this, there's a lot more to being a cosmetologist than just cutting hair. Mm -hmm. A a lot of it is conversational. Mm -hmm. I had had a little girl, not a little girl, she was a middle school age girl. She asked me the other day if I was a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, I guess I could be, you know. No, I, I think that is a huge part of it. And I grew up with, huge. you've always, or as long as I can remember, you worked out of the house. So I mm-hmm. grew up having uh, your clients come into the house mm-hmm. and you're always uh, very conversational, very social. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you do a good job on their hair as well, or else they wouldn't be coming back. So oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I think that one thing I've learned from you is maybe you weren't the best student or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you still were able to find something that Mm -hmm. fulfills you, something that Mm -hmm. you're good at and something Mm -hmm. that, um, is able for, you're able to make some money too. And, um, but yeah, I would, I would say to encourage people out there, Mm -hmm. there's something out there for you. There's something that God, uh, God gifted you with and Mm -hmm. it might not be what, the world says that you're supposed to be doing, but mm-hmm. I think the art of a trade school is really overlooked mm-hmm. these days. Yeah, you know, I mean, you always need a plumber or an electrician or um, any kind of trade mm-hmm. that you can do, and it, you know, it's not always about the degree and always about that piece of paper. If you are skilled in something, you can. You can, you can, you can do anything. Your gift will make a way for you. Yeah. 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 And if right. you have a heartbeat and a pulse, 
you can do anything if you put your mind to it. Mm -hmm. You just have to find the right fit. And I knew for me, college wasn't, I was not a college bound person. I would have been socially, but not educationally. Yeah. Would not have been good. Well, mom, I think we'll probably wrap up there. We're coming up on time. Uh, wow. That was fast. Yeah. I told you there's nothing to be nervous about. Were My you, coffee's still hot. Was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? No, I was on the verge of tears almost <laughs> coming over here going, Oh my gosh, what is this going to be like? But you did really well. You, no, you, you made well, me though. feel very comfortable and very, I kept telling myself I'm with Josh, so I'm safe. Yeah. I'm with Josh, so I'm safe. But I, I've always been kind of the fear of the unknown kind of person. Well, so. I think our listeners will be very blessed when they hear oh. uh, the things that you have to say and share your thoughts. Is there anything you'd like to say before before we end up here or finish up here? Hmm. Well, thank you for thank you for trusting me behind a microphone. Um, it was an honor and a privilege to be put on the seat to talk. Um, I hope that I answered questions the right way and encouraged people. Um, and you know, I think, I think it's just, it, if you ever get the chance to do a podcast, do it. It, it kind of stretches you a little bit, makes you think. Um, but yeah, no, this was, this was good. So awesome, Mom. thank you. Thank you again. Thank you for the coffee. <laughs> You're uh, for those of you who joined in today. Thank you so much. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.